Hey homies, welcome back to another episode. Before we get into this conversation with my guest, I just wanted to let you know that in the episode we talk about eating disorder and struggles with alcohol. So if that's not something that you'd be interested in hearing about, I would maybe not listen to this episode and I have more episodes coming for you, so don't you worry. And thank you so much for listening, and let's get into the combo. Hi, homies. Welcome back to another episode. I'm excited to have this guest with me today. It kind of feels like a, a full circle moment in a way. Um, so I'm going to welcome Natalie to the Uncommon Queens podcast. She is a friend. I feel like yeah, we can say a long time friend um, from when I was living in Colorado and I moved, well, some people might not know this, but I moved when I was around six or seven from Colorado. I was born in Colorado. I moved to Atlanta and I've lived in Atlanta ever since, but yeah, Natalie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on. It is like a full circle moment. I think so too. And it's like a little reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while. I know we talked a couple or a few months ago, but um, it's always nice to have a little chat with you. So thank you for having me. No problem. Um, yeah, no, like Lauren said, I'm Natalie. We met when we were very little and um, went to school together in elementary. And um, since then, just kind of, kind of touch like, connected throughout here and there and then found each other on Instagram and things like that so that's been cool um to just kind of connect with you in that way but um yeah basically I still live in Colorado I'm 26 and I am a life coach and also on the path of really getting into like my spiritual journey and what that means for me as a healer in general. Um, my family comes from a lineage of healers. Um, so kind of like tapping into that has been cool. Um, but right now I'm very much focused on my life coaching and, um, yeah, just really been on this, um, self-development journey for like the past three years, I want to say. Um, and, learned a lot about myself and people in general, which has really pushed me to take on this life coaching path and um, yeah, just fulfill my purpose. I feel like of helping others and helping people see um, their own inner power, their own inner healer, um, letting people understand that, you know, anything that's difficult or painful can always be turned into something powerful and magical and, um, allows you to see kind of the, the beauty in life, even through the darkness. So, um, that's kind of what I do right now (laughs) and who I am. (laughs) Getting some knowledge already. (laughs) I love what you said, like just your story. And I feel like, I know we kind of touched base like a little bit in on Facebook at one point. And then, and then it went to Instagram recently, but I know after we talked on FaceTime, I just really thought that you had so much wisdom and your story could connect to a lot of people in our twenties and just at any age really. And I just think that 
a lot of what you had to say helped me. And so that's why I really wanted you on the podcast. Um, but everyone, we are talking about, that's what kind of we're talking about in our 20s, the kind of navigating that time of life because, you know, we don't have really a syllabus anymore or just anything to really get. It's kind of like we are more in control um, somewhat of what we do in our lives. And I just kind of wanted to start, I guess the first question I kind of want to start with was like, what did you dream about doing when you were younger? Because I think I've mentioned this in a previous episode of like, I feel like what you did when you were younger, like little bits and pieces kind of relate to what you want to do now. So did you have like something you wanted to do or even, even in like middle school, it hasn't, doesn't have to be like an elementary school or like middle school or high school or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, it definitely changed throughout the years, but I know for the good chunk of my developing years and throughout probably till middle school, um, I really wanted to be a doctor and it had to go with the whole lines of like helping people. So I think at a very young age, I always knew I wanted to help others. Mm-hmm. And I just really felt um, like it really made me happy that I could help others and have that possibility. And I saw that how generous both of my parents were um, in general with people and how much they really helped others. And Um, I think it probably that influenced me a little bit of like wanting to help others and um, to give a little more of a background. Um, I'm Peruvian American. So I was born here, but my parents are from Peru and they grew up very, very um, poor. And I've got the chance to travel to Peru and see like where they came from and they really um, didn't come from much. So when we would visit, we would even go there and help the kids out and families and go to orphanage and and things like that. So after that, I even wanted to do something along those lines of, okay, like how can I help kids in need? And um, maybe I want to have my own organization or something like that. Right. So I went from doctor to having my own organization. Um, And then as I got older, um, I think I started kind of maybe losing touch of like who I was And maybe it had to do with transitioning from um, one school to a different school and having a whole different kind of environment around me. And I think by the time I got to high school, uh, I was very much in my head and thinking of like, okay, how can I fit in? And um, how can I um, just kind of do what I should be doing, not what I really want to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when I was struggling with my self-esteem and my worthiness and um, my confidence wasn't really there. And I think throughout like my childhood, I kind of struggled with that, but it wasn't until high school where it really like peaked. And um, from there, I was like thinking that I needed to be someone like better or bigger in terms of like um, status and popularity and, um, wanting to be very, um, successful in a way of like, um, material things and like wealth Mm -hmm. and things like that. So I think when I had that kind of idea in my head, it made me, um, want to kind of stick into my family business and my family, they own a restaurant. So Mm -hmm. then 
I was like, okay, I was like, that'd be cool. Like I could be this like successful person of like uh, running my own business and, you know, taking my family restaurant and franchising it. So then I started like diving into that and thinking like I could be happy with um, being this successful um, entrepreneur, restaurant entrepreneur and um, really stuck with that. So I think by high school, I was like, yeah, no, this is what I want to do. And also I saw as a way of me giving back to my parents and helping them out because of how much they've done for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the restaurant industry is not very easy. So like they really had to put a lot of their time and energy into the restaurant business. And um, even throughout, even to this day, my mom is still very much in the restaurant. And um, I just thought that, you know, maybe once I get older and graduate college, like I'll be able to have them stop working and then it will be my thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it really shifted completely until recently (laughs) of getting that out of the way. Um, So yeah, and to summarize that, I, I started as, doctor and then like wanting to have my own organization and then leading into being a restaurant owner so kind of all over the place no I feel like that's a lot of what growing up is and I think that's part of why what we lose when we get older because we think we have to be set on one thing but like that's part of growth is just trying other things And I really relate to like what she said about high school of just feeling like you have to fit in and Mm -hmm. just really kind of set into like the lifestyle that's around us or what the people wear or whatever. And I think that, did you think it was also to do with like diversity at the school? Like you didn't see a lot of people like you or kind of, did you think that had something to do with it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think um, even so through elementary and middle school, St. Anne's, I was like the, my base <laughs> of like how I grew up and that school does not have much of diversity at all. So I think that's kind of where it started to stem for me of me feeling already out of place in school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like in my younger years, um, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't until I think as you get older, you start to realize, okay, wait like something's off or I really don't fit in like people do treat me a little differently and when I got to high school um that school was also a private school and not very diverse as well Mm -hmm. so I think that um had me carry this identity of like I'm already different and um people don't want to get to know me because of um my skin color or I don't look like everyone else. And um, I always tended to fall into groups of friends that were of people of color. Mm-hmm. And because there weren't many of us, like it was, you could very much tell, like it was just our little pod <laughs> and then, like everyone else. And yes, we had friends that we talked to obviously outside of our pod uh, who weren't people of color, but I think with that in itself, it kind of already made us feel less. And we did feel like we were being treated differently. And there was even this big thing. I think it was my junior year or my senior year where like there actually became a like a race issue in the school Mm -hmm. where we had to have the school come together and 
they had to talk to us and they had to talk to other students because there was a little bit of hate going on. Mm. And luckily for me, I didn't experience like any like personal hate. Like I never got bullied or anything like that. Right. But I just never felt um, welcomed. And I just was not my happiest in high school. Um, the kids really were not the nicest people. Um, it was very small. It was like a, I think my class was 80 kids in total. So like we knew each other very well. And, but at the same time, it's just like, there was no expansion um, yeah. or anyone else, you know? So it made it really hard to just kind of expand and grow and even adapt because it was kind of like, it felt like we were being forced to just be in our little pod. Like there was no um, way to be comfortable around anyone else. And um, because of like, they, there was like this race issue going on at one point, a lot of people I felt like kind of distanced themselves too. And mm. like started labeling us as like, oh, that's the minority group. And like, mm. you know, that would be very much said. And it was like, that doesn't feel good. And so in high school, I very much was like, I want to get out of here <laughs> as soon as possible. Yeah. And um, luckily, you know, I had a good group of friends, but we, that's because we were able to relate in a negative situation that was happening around us, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. Cause I, I went to a smaller like, private high school and I was there till like from elementary school to high school. So mm-hmm. with the same people, like I almost transferred for high school, but I was like four more years. Like, I don't really know if it will be not like any different, any other like private school basically. So I definitely relate. And I always had to keep the, per- like, at a certain point, I had to zoom out and keep the perspective of like, my differences are actually like beautiful and like mm-hmm. make me multidimensional and keep that mind, keep that mindset as much as possible. But it was hard because, you know, mm-hmm. like you're saying like, friendships, other people perception of you and putting a label on you and thinking that you're only this one thing. And so I definitely can relate to that and um do you think after high school did you see yourself evolve into accepting your differences and your culture and everything like that yeah so I don't I think it was really like a big switch for me and I didn't really expect it to be such a switch um but it was kind of like as soon as I graduated high school like it was like this weight was lifted off my shoulders and I felt like okay I'm really going to finally be able to start fresh. And I ended up going to see Boulder. So that in itself was pretty different from what already I've experienced my whole life when it came to school. And although see Boulder is not as diverse either, there was a lot more diversity from what I was used to. So that was a really nice change for me. And I guess being able to know that like, you know, I'd be leaving my hometown to go to different city and, you know, be away from my parents and explore myself in my own way mm-hmm. um, was something that was like really exciting for me. And I just remembered like just ready to go to college and just kind of see how I blossomed. And even though I still was kind of unsure of like who I was, mm-hmm. I was like, I have a really strong feeling like this is going to be my time to figure out who I am, what I like, what I don't like. 
Um, so yeah, I think like as soon as I graduated high school, like the shift started to happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have very, very similar <laughs> similar stories. Yeah. I feel like. But what did you? I forgot to ask. What did you study in, in at CU Boulder? So, um, so I actually only went to CU Boulder for two years, and then I transferred to the Denver campus. Um, okay. But basically, throughout my college experience, I um, studied business. And I graduated with a focus in human resources. Okay. So business has been my, my focal point in college. Because I, when I was actually um, thinking about where I wanted to go to college, I looked at CU Boulder and then some other like Colorado college. And yeah, I, you reached out to me, I think, to ask about it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah, that was fun. Because I was like, maybe I need to go back to my room <laughs> and everything yeah. for college, um, kind of get away. But I think no matter if you are still in the same state or what, or I was like four hours away from home, I think there's a definitely a good shift and a good time in your life to kind of get away in some aspect and kind of reflect and grow your personality and your identity and all the things. But I would say my other question is, tell us how you felt like after you graduated college, were you kind of excited or kind of what was your feelings after that? Um, So after college, I would say it was another like pivotal point for me. Um, I think that's when I actually shifted into who I was um, because college was very much of me trying to find myself. Mm -hmm. And by finding myself, I found myself in very dark places. Mm -hmm. So college was honestly, (laughs) for me, it really wasn't about like the academics or anything that I learned. And I will say like, I did learn a lot academically, but more than anything, it was more of like, I was truly learning who I was and Um, sometimes when you go through life learning who you are, um, you get slapped in the face with like the truth of really who you are. And sometimes that's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's hard. Um, sometimes it can put you in state of in denial of like, that's not me. And it's like, no, yeah, (laughs) it is you. And when you're surrounding yourself with that of like this, uh, phase of just trying to figure yourself out. I feel like a lot of situations and people come into your life to really um, shake you up more and like trigger you more to really step out of who you thought you were. So throughout college, um, it was very much um, trial and error for me in terms of like my relationships and how I was with friends and who I was and how I showed up in this world myself and if I wanted to show up in those ways. And um, yeah, so like with college just being such a um, dark part of my life, I think Mm -hmm. I want to say just because I think I made the commitment in college of like, okay, you know what, like this is my time to really figure out what is going on inside of me. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I just... um, got into therapy throughout college and um, like really it just, I think it was the very beginning of like my personal development and my healing. 
and um, just really discovering myself. So I think after um, college, once I like did all that and like paved the way for my actual true self, I graduated and it was like another like shedding of something that wasn't mine anymore to carry. And now I find myself like at a good place. And I actually feel like I can tell people I know who I am and I know what I like and I don't know what I like. Definitely in the belief that you don't have to go to college to learn and grow. But I think for me and what I hear you saying is it kind of is a good buffer to just to not even just academics, but just grow in yourself and like have a period of time where you could just be around people your own age and kind of figure that out and see how other people are doing it and learn from different people and kind of figure out, okay, who am I? What, like you were saying, what do, what do I like? What I don't like, what I want relationship wise, friendship wise, like all of those things. And what do I need to shed from like my parents and, you know, past trauma and everything. So I definitely would love for you to dive into um, your time in college. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Um, So, yeah, so I guess to like, um, go backwards a little bit. (laughs) Um, So when I graduated high school, so like I said, I was very much excited to just dive in. And um, when I first started uh, college, I actually ended up reuniting with an old friend from middle school. And we were kind of friends like here and out throughout um, high school, but kind of lost touch. But then I forgot how we rekindled, but we did. And um, this friend was a guy. And then we ended up hanging out a lot throughout the summer going into my first year of college. Mm -hmm. And we ended up like just catching feelings. And then we ended up um, dating So going into my freshman year of college, I actually was already in a relationship going into college and that looking back at it now. And if I were to like talk to my kids, (laughs) I would tell them like, just wait a bit because he wasn't going to the same college as me. Um, He's going out of state and everything. And I'd never really been in a relationship before. So um, I would if I would have gotten the chance to tell my younger self, I would have told her like, chill out, just wait a little bit. I know you're excited and all of this, but you know, it's just, just wait and like, think about it. Um, But I really like dove into this relationship, like head on and completely lost myself in the relationship. And that did not do me very well for my first year of college because I was so focused on this person and they lived out of state and, um, or they were going to college out of state. So it was like a long distance relationship, which is very time consuming and it takes a lot of energy. And in the end, as like the year progressed, I focused so much on the relationship that I didn't even allow myself to expand the way that I wanted to mm-hmm. by meeting new people and making new friends and going to parties and events and things like that. It was solely just like tunnel vision on this one person and putting so much of my worth on this um, person because 
I, because I had not been in a relationship before, like fully, I felt like I'm finally like chosen and Mm -hmm. I don't want um, to let this go. So that was kind of my mentality in the relationship, which ended up making the relationship very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And um, I started developing uh, codependent tendencies and um, super codependent. And my partner at the time, he was very much of like an avoidant and didn't like to like deal with um, a lot of emotion or didn't like to talk. So like we clashed a lot. And as time went on, I started to realize I didn't actually fully trust um, my boyfriend. And it came to the surface that like he ended up cheating on me. Mm-hmm. And he was cheating on me with um, his one of his exes, and then also from oh, someone wow. at his school. So yeah. it was a lot. And it was revealed to me because I think it just started getting so unhealthy that he started to project and kept accusing me of like cheating and things like that. Yeah. And then that kind of like made me be like, wait, I know I'm not doing that. I feel like he's projecting. So like, I'm a little sus right now. Yeah, for (laughs) Like it just started creating a very toxic um, environment and it was very chaotic. And so basically throughout my whole freshman year, it was me dealing with this toxic relationship and us breaking up and then getting back together, bringing up, getting back together until I really um, was getting to a very bad, like very bad point in my life because the more that he cheated, it was more like, I felt like my worth was being stripped off of me again. Mm -hmm. So I was putting so much of my worth onto him. So by him doing that, made it like uh it proved to me like you're really not worthy so you might as well just stay in this type of thing and I think I was thinking that subconsciously obviously I wasn't Mm -hmm. saying that out loud but I just wasn't aware of that Mm -hmm. and um through that it was a very painful painful year for me and I um it got so bad that I developed my eating disorder that I kind of struggled throughout my whole life. And that was like the first time in my life where it actually got really bad. And luckily I had a really good friend that went with me to college and um, she was like my best friend in high school and she was at Boulder. And like, I kind of had her as support, but at the same time, like I just didn't know how to even ask for support. And I just remember breaking down like second semester of freshman year and just crying and telling her, like, I think I need help because I haven't been eating. And I think I probably lost like 20 pounds in like two months because I just was like basically restricting myself from eating. And um, it was really difficult and it was just kind of putting me in this place of like I just don't feel worthy so let me keep self-sabotaging myself and betraying myself and um also I think a small part of me wanted and was hoping that he would like reach out and like help or save me or something and um so it was a very like very toxic uh, mentality that I had and once I told my friend like I think I need help like we looked for a therapist and things like that. And I got therapy for the first time because I also realized like school was ending and I had to go back home. And I was also panicking, like my parents are going to find out that like, I'm not okay. And I can't do that to them. Like I felt guilty. 
And um, after seeking therapy at the school, I didn't go back just because I didn't feel like the therapist really cared Mm-hmm. And I couldn't really connect with a therapist. So I kind of gave up on therapy and it kind of made me have a bad look on therapy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, clearly this isn't for me. So let me just figure it out on my own. So I gave up on therapy then and then went back home and kind of like hid what was going on mentally, which put so much um, pressure and stress on myself and put me more in a hole that I was digging myself into because I wasn't asking for help back home and I was just hiding it and I think because I was scared that my parents would be worried or find out that like that's what forced me to kind of like try to go back to eating again and at this point I had been broken up with my boyfriend I made it very clear to myself like this is the summer I'm going into my sophomore year like I can't carry this relationship into this. Like, this is too toxic. Mm-hmm. This isn't worth it. So basically that summer, I like avoided him as much as possible mm-hmm. and um, really just found a little bit of strength within me to kind of keep moving forward. As soon as I got into my sophomore year of college, I just was like, you are getting blocked. I'm not <laughs> allowing you in my space at oh, all. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I'm moving into this apartment with my best friend, like, this is going to be a fun year. Like, let me let this dude out because he is not worth my time. And, and it was hard. I'm not going to say like, it was easy for me to just flip the switch. Yeah. Like being so stuck in that mentality is very, um, it's almost addicting and it's, Mm -hmm. it's very, it's just unhealthy. And I think I was very much addicted to that toxicity because I feel like I never really got help after that year like I feel like I could have had therapy for that specific relationship and also struggling with an eating disorder Mm -hmm. um, could have been beneficial but because I like was like okay therapy doesn't work I um I I think I just hid the fact that I was still hurting I was still very much hurting and a lot was going on pretended like I was okay and sophomore year of college I went in I let go of the relationship but then I immediately like as soon as the school year started I started getting into partying and drinking and going out excessively and my friend at the time um, she was very much in alignment with where I was at so Mm -hmm. we both were like in our party girl phase and like drinking a lot and um, I think a lot of the time we were also seeking attention um, and I want to speak more so for myself, but I know like I was also seeking attention and um, just from guys and things like that. And I ended up somehow meeting um, my current boyfriend that I have right now that year. I'm very thankful that I met him at the beginning of my sophomore year, because I think if I didn't, I probably would have gone back with my boyfriend from freshman year because right. it was that toxic <laughs> that, yeah. um, that I'm glad that I met him because when I met him it was kind of like for me it was a very much of like love at first sight kind of thing mm-hmm. and I didn't really think uh, anything of that like I didn't really believe in t- that until mm-hmm. I met him and that's like a whole other story, but um, <laughs> no podcast about really yeah, about relationships, about relationships, yeah. honestly, but basically we ended up um, falling pretty hard for each other. And 
ended up dating like immediately. But then we both realized that we jumped into the relationship too fast and ended up um, breaking up, mm-hmm. which was very painful for me because I was like, I had something that made me feel good again and now it's gone. And he initiated the breakup, but I understood why. So that's kind of, it was like a bummer. And I had a hard time accepting like, this is actually for the best for both of us. Then because I feel like I wasn't um, chosen again, mm-hmm. quote unquote chosen, I lost my worth yet again because I still put my worth onto another person. And even though like that relationship wasn't terrible or anything like that, we just were not ready for a commitment like that. And I took it like way too personally, maybe I want to say, and so much so that like that kind of triggered me to drink even more and to let loose and to just go wild and all of this. And I was very unstable um, that whole entire year. I was very much into just going out and partying. Mm-hmm. And um, so much so that like, I would even um, like black out and like, wouldn't remember my nights. And I put myself in very scary and dangerous situations. And um, looking back at it now, I just say, you know, I send love to that old version of me because mm-hmm. I just know she was hurting so much. Yeah. And he was seeking help, but didn't know how to, except for like getting drunk and having her friends like take care of her and stuff, because I would get so drunk that my friends would have to like take care of me. And for me, that was almost like comforting. And maybe subconsciously, like I did want to get that drunk because I knew my friends would help me or like save me in some way. But I never, ever once expressed like I need help with X, Y, and Z, or I really want to talk about X, Y, and Z. Can I vent? I just didn't know how to express my emotions. Mm -hmm. So it just got very chaotic. So yeah, it was honestly like since then, that was like college for me. It was just like in this uh, pattern of drinking too much and putting myself in really dangerous situations. And, um, from there, like my boyfriend and I got back together, but then again, I realized like, I have so much to work on, like, I can't do this. And so then I broke up with him and then I realized like, oh my God, I'm going into this pattern of like breaking up and then getting back together with someone. And Uh so then this is when I really started to realize my patterns. I started to become self-aware by being in a relationship with someone who actually, um, was wanting the best for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that really kind of helped shift my perspective. And I remember one talk that we had that I think probably um, really propelled me forward was like, he told me like, you need to learn how to love yourself before you can learn to love me or anyone else. And it was very like, like dang, <laughs> like that, yeah, like that hit. <laughs> yeah, it hit, you know, and it resonated and it made me really think and um try to figure out what how I could do that for myself. And I really didn't know. I had no clue of what it actually meant to like have self-love. Mm-hmm. And that in itself was very heartbreaking for me. Mm-hmm. And you know, I um just took my time with it and I didn't talk to him for a year and I really wanted to commit to myself to 
give myself a year to discover myself and love myself and be with myself and not think that I need to go into relationship um, to just kind of hide the fact that I actually feel really uh, worthless or um, look, look for love outside of myself. So, and I wanted to see if like, I actually had feelings for my current boyfriend right now. Cause I was like, maybe I'm just like crazy. And like, <laughs> I'm just, you know, trying to attach to someone because this, I yeah. know this one likes me, you know? So I just wasn't sure. I just didn't know. I came to realize like after that year, um, I had tried also within that year, I transitioned um, or I transferred from Boulder to the Denver campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point I really felt like I need to transfer because like Boulder clearly is not working out for me. I'm Mm -hmm. like distracted and my friendships were already falling apart too. So I was like, I need to leave. And partially why I left too was because I just didn't want to find myself um, getting too attached to my boyfriend who's my boyfriend now. And I was like, I can't do this again. Like, I don't want to have a repeat of freshman year. Like I was scared. So I was like, let me run. So I I basically ran away (laughs) and went to the Denver campus, studied college there. So then in that time, I didn't talk to him. And then when I got into my senior year, before my senior year, I um, was just like finally discovering myself. And that's when I just started seeking therapy again and I tried it out again because I realized my eating disorder still needed help so I was very much um, at a point where I matured I think and my self-awareness expanded and I was able to like admit like okay you need to take responsibility for yourself and um, I sought out coaching and um, I was able to learn how to express myself more so it's very like a very freeing time for me especially because I was by myself from there, I um, just focused on myself. And maybe I focused a little too much on myself because I did see myself still very closed off from people. So mm-hmm. I think college for me, I didn't make the most uh, friends that I wanted to. And mm-hmm. I just feel like, honestly, I was just in a place where I just couldn't connect with people. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, looking back, I'm like, that's okay. You know, like, that's where you were. And that's what you needed to do for yourself. You know, now I've, I've been meeting a lot of people that I just love connecting with and rekindling with great people like you. So <laughs> it all works out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then like for my senior year of college, um, very much still focused on myself. And um, I started to dive into more of like spirituality and like yoga and meditation mm-hmm. and things like that, that have been helping me. Um, I told myself that as soon as I graduated college, I was going to gift myself a trip to Costa Rica and go to this retreat. And um, I like, I got babysitting jobs and I was working at my parents' restaurant. So I like saved up a bunch of money to do this. And I really wanted to give that self, that gift to myself to like, Mm -hmm. okay, no, Natalie, this is really going to be your life changing moment where you actually discover who you are. And, um, I, I graduated and I, um, went to Costa Rica a month later. And then from there, it was kind of like, I really just opened myself up completely, um, because I went by myself (laughs) Mm -hmm. and 
just discovered things by myself for a week, a week by yourself in Costa Rica with strangers. Like it's going to really like put you out of your comfort zone. And yeah, yeah, so I did that and it was like the best decision I could have ever made for myself. Um, So yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how college was college. Academically, I struggled very much because um, my mental health was just not there. Mm -hmm. And I did because I transferred and because I was just struggling a lot, I did end up graduating a year later. So I took five years of, um, for me to graduate college. But um, honestly, I think I just needed that time to just really figure it out. And also on top of my senior year of college, um, I realized like, I don't want to study business anymore. And I was already so late into, yeah. you know, my whole experience that I wish that I kind of took maybe a year off to figure out what I actually wanted to study. But um, partially that had to do with like my identity of like who I thought I needed to be mm-hmm. and thinking that I wanted to run the restaurant. I came to find out very quickly after Costa Rica, like it was very it confirmed for me of like, this is not your path of like being a restaurant owner or like being this person that you thought you wanted to be. That is not who you are. It was a lot of just, like I said earlier, like trial and error throughout college and um, very, it was my most impactful years of my life. So, yeah. Yeah. I definitely see even more similarities in their heart were because I did have a kind of a long distance relationship because I went to school in Nashville and I started a relationship in Atlanta where I'm from and it definitely wasn't the best because we were both I think I'm just learning about attachment styles but I think we were both struggling mentally and we both were like codependent on each other but that's Mm -hmm. not good when you're long distance because then you're just like talking to each other and like you know crying to each other basically the anxiety Um, is like so strong yeah and I definitely know that I from that relationship I like you were saying I attached so much of my worth because I'm like oh someone finally sees me and I love this attention and you haven't really had a relationship um the serious and so you kind of just forget like a lot of the core things that you probably know to be true about just keeping perspective and about yourself because you're just so locked in and Mm -hmm. like so I guess consumed I remember I was just consumed by emotion a lot instead of being like thinking about do I actually like him do I actually like Mm -hmm. see this going somewhere and is he actually healthy for me and like calling me higher instead of just like keeping me at one level, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And so I definitely see like the value of now that I'm from that experience, I know like the value of having like friends and community around you to be like, Hey, like, are you okay? Like, (laughs) you know, is this like really what, who you want to be, you know? And so I definitely can see that Sometimes, not always, but sometimes long distance relationships, especially in the beginning of college, 
maybe not the thing to do, especially since you're having so much change already. Yeah. That it's just harder to also process being in a relationship. Yes. Um, but I do think that there's something that is, you mentioned that is really something that I try to champion people and not have, have people have shame around is, you know, graduating, not in the traditional like yeah. four years, because mm-hmm. I was a semester, I guess it was, I took an extra semester. So like four and a half, I guess, mm-hmm. years, because I took a semester off my second semester of freshman year, because I was just like, I, this is a lot of change coming off of a crazy, like senior year, dealing with a lot of things with my mental health. And so I just think it's, it's a courageous thing to pause. It's not Mm -hmm. something to be shamed about. It's like very mature in reflection at the time I was like, Oh my gosh, like Mm -hmm. kind of like insecure about it and very Mm -hmm. like in my head about it, but it honestly that semester and then some of it going into the summer was just very healing and very impactful for me to like go into the next years of college in a very clear, more clear mindset and to really be more so in the present. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just want to let everyone know that don't be so hard on yourself. Try not to be, it's hard, but try to be in the moment and not succumb to this timeline that everyone wants us to kind of be a part of I guess you'd say yeah no definitely and like just really own how you're feeling like if you're feeling confused and lost and you're just not sure about what classes you want to take or even how you're feeling about college like don't feel like you need to know because honestly like our 20s our early 20s especially we're still so young like we are still learning so much about ourselves that it does make it really hard for us to make a decision of like you know yeah I I do want to be a lawyer or something you know and like Mm -hmm. think that you want to commit to that but then as you get you know throughout the years you start realizing wait I actually don't like this or this doesn't call to me anymore and that's okay like I think with college it's people put too much of a pressure like you need to know everything by that time and be Mm -hmm. sure and then there is that shame or that insecurity if you do need to take another semester or another year to graduate because you needed that time to figure it out and it's okay you know so it's just really about honoring like where you're at and honoring the confusion like let it come up because something deep down inside of you is telling you like something's off and it's okay to to figure out what that means and like like you said like the timeline and all of that like don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause I think it's, it's this twofold of like trusting yourself and your gut, but also like being open to other speak, other people speaking into your, into your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that we know more than we think we do people, even people that have been in these taking the four years may not even no, because we're our brains are still developing mm-hmm. and we're still growing and trying to figure everything out. So even if you do 
graduate in four years, that doesn't mean you can't change your mind as well, too. No, yeah, definitely. Because I feel like I feel the same way. And I think I've met a lot of people, especially people I've coached, who don't even end up using their degree at all in their current job and they're perfectly happy in their job. Or there are people like me who graduated college with a business degree mm-hmm. and then thought that I wanted to do the restaurant industry. And I did, I tried it out because I was like, well, I made it this far. So <laughs> might as well like actually, you know, walk my talk and did that. But after a year and a half of graduating college and actually working full-time at the restaurant, I had to change my mind. I was like, this is not how I want to live my life. This is not how I thought it was going to be. And this isn't um, the dream that I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And you know, then that's when I shifted completely of like, let's go back to actually what feels good. Um, how can I actually help people what feels good? And, you know, it, it made me transition into coaching completely. So yeah, definitely allow yourself to, to change if you need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm learning of just being okay with changing your mind, being okay with, like I said, not having a timeline Mm -hmm. things and just pretty being in tune with like entrusting myself. But yeah, let's go into kind of how you evolved and are now a coach, which I think is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, so basically like I said I I think when I went on that spiritual retreat for a week by myself it really just like opened my eyes to a lot um and like who I was like okay I can be by myself and I can meet people and make friends because I did end up making friends there and I think because I was so alone my college throughout my college years um I kind of had this belief that I couldn't make friends or something Mm -hmm. um But a part of me was just so scared to open myself up. And um, I really just had such a great experience and kind of took that energy that I felt that week um, back into my everyday life and um, realized like, okay, I feel deep down that I don't want to be a restaurant owner, but all these years I said I wanted to be that there's some there's like a little bit of guilt of um not moving forward with that and you know Mm -hmm. letting people down or my parents down even though my parents never wanted me to be in the restaurant industry it's the fact that I already told them like this is what I'm going to do for you guys (laughs) you know I put that stress on myself and that pressure on myself and um I couldn't I couldn't like shift myself completely like no somewhere deep down it was like okay that you need to like make a change but as humans it's so hard for us to change we love familiarity we love things that we know of and that are comfortable for us because it's safe but a lot of that time that safety doesn't allow us to really step into who we actually are Mm -hmm. and you know there's that quote of like um do what is it? It's like the things that scare you the most are the things that you should do. And really what that's saying is like lean into the things of discomfort and fear because you really don't know what is actually in that. And it's most of the time that fear is just made up stories in your head. Like that fear doesn't really Mm -hmm. exist. 
and you're blocking yourself from something that potentially could be so, so good for you. And if it doesn't turn out well, then it's like, okay, well, we've been here before. Like I've grown, I know how to take losses now. Like I can, I'm strong enough and I trust myself enough to um, know how to redirect myself. But as humans, like I said, it's, it's very hard for us to believe that sometimes. So I think for me, I was still very much in this fear state of like, no, 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 maybe like I make the wrong decision of transitioning something to something else that I don't even know what I want to transition into. And, um, I stayed in the restaurant industry for like another year and a half, almost two years, um, because of the fear, because I was scared of like the what ifs and scared that um, I wouldn't be making money or, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these things I was preventing myself. And as I, the longer I stayed in the restaurant, like I had very good moments at the restaurant. I learned so much and I had really wonderful clients, uh, customers at the restaurant who I loved and I loved seeing them and I loved um being a manager to my um, employees and everything. And it was great. But then it just came to a point, like there just comes a point where somewhere like your soul, your true self starts getting exhausted because it's not allowing to blossom. You're not allowing your soul or your true self to blossom. Mm -hmm. So then you start getting depleted, you start feeling burnt out, you start feeling confused again, you start feeling really sad or negative. And I tried to really hold on to the positivity throughout the whole time at the restaurant. But the longer I stayed, the more I was just putting on this mask, and that didn't feel good. And it was kind of like, God or something was telling me like, this isn't for you anymore. Because as I tried to hold on for dear life, um, things at the restaurant just started getting chaotic. Customers, I kept getting rude customers. Um, Things would always be breaking. Um, Employees, like they wouldn't show up to work. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were short staffed and then COVID happened. Yeah. All this craziness was going on. And to me, I really took it as a sign of like, are you going to continuously live in this stress and in this Mm -hmm. um, unhappiness? Because with running a family business, it really is you and your family. And at that time, it was really me, my mom and my dad Mm -hmm. um, really trying to save the restaurant, especially through COVID. And it's, it puts so much um, stress on your life. And I just was not happy anymore. I remember crying and like being home and like not wanting to go into work the next day and um, knowing that someone wasn't going to show up. So then I would have to step in to that, to fill that position. So it was always like anxiety, constant anxiety, stress, and like sadness. And I had to really like look at myself in the mirror of like, okay, we've been through these feelings before. Mm-hmm. You know, these feelings are telling you something is wrong and you need to figure that out. And for the longest time, my boyfriend and I had been talking about like what possibilities I could, uh, what job opportunities I could have. And I just, nothing really spoke to me and I felt very like lost and just frustrated. 
because I didn't want to do human resources, even though I graduated with that, I was like, no way. <laughs> like, I, I do not want to be in the corporate world at all. Yeah. And um, so it was hard. And then he said something about like, I think you would be a really good coach. And when he said that, like something was like, I felt like a jerk almost internally, like in my heart or something. And I've thought of being a coach before too, but I just doubted myself. And I was like, no, like I have so much work to do for myself, like inner work. I was like, there's no way I can coach someone. Like I still have a lot of healing to do. And that's when I noticed like fear was coming in again. And I'm telling you, like, if you listen to fear, it's not going to let you move. Like you have to push, <laughs> push through the fear. Yeah. And um, so when he said that it kind of like stayed in my head and as time went on, like I was getting more and more burnt out. I found this coaching program and to get certified. And it was kind of like my sign of like, okay, maybe we should do this and like just explore it. So I signed up and did the program and got certified um, by December 2020. And um, from there, I I told myself by the time I got certified, I'm going to leave the restaurant. Like there's no excuses or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I told my parents and they were fully supportive of it. Like I gave them the time to try to find a replacement and things like that. And I helped them to that process. But I was like, I have to leave because if I tell myself, like, maybe I can stick it out another couple more months, like I'm going to stay in that cycle. Right. And I really just told myself, like, we're going all in and <laughs> we're leaning into the fear because I've leaned into the fear before. And when I did that, like nothing bad really happened. So I had to remind myself of that and that I was strong enough of doing of leaning into it, whether it went good or bad. Um and I just, yeah, by, by that time, I, I left the restaurant and really started focusing on my coaching business and really took my time with understanding how it meant, what it meant for me to be a business owner of, of something like this. And to this day, I'm still very much learning, but I'm very grateful to have made that shift because I just feel so um, aligned with myself and so happy and so at peace that like knowing how I'm feeling right now makes me feel so good because it's it's my my cue or my sign of like you're on the right path you're not being thrown in a hundred different directions you you don't have anxiety you're not sad you're not crying every day like you are good just trust yourself even though things are kind of been moving slow for you you feel good so keep keep riding the wave so that's kind of where my involvement has come to yeah. being a coach. Yeah, that's so good. All of that. Thank you for telling us all yeah, of what you're saying and sharing. Um, one question that I do have, I know people, I know coaching is gaining some popularity, especially in the forefront, like mainstream, mm -hmm. but just briefly, can you tell us the differences between coaching and therapy? Yeah, so um, it definitely can get a little blurred. Um, I feel like therapists and coach have the same goal of helping people. Um, the only difference I would say is um, therapists tend to be more um, 
like focus on the past. So really getting to the core of um, who you were as in your past and um, getting into your mind and the mental aspect of it in a more psychological way. So therapists, you know, they have the license to diagnose you and, you know, see how they can treat you. It's more of a treatment process. In terms of coaching, it's more future oriented and more goal centered. Mm -hmm. um, and very much, it can be also very mental, but it's not um, like, you know, you're trying to figure out like, if you have, if the client has anxiety or depression or things like that, it's more of just like a mindset type of work. And um, I would say like, those are probably like the main ones of it being more goal oriented than therapy is. Um, and with coaching, it's really more of like, um, us coaches are really here to guide you to your own answer while mm -hmm. therapists, I feel like can provide you answers. And like, this is what you are, this is what you have yeah. it while coaching is more like, let me guide you to your answer because you have it, you have your power, you have your, your self-healing skills within you. Like your answers are always going to be within you. So as a coach, it's my job to guide you to that. I'm not here to provide you answers. I'm just here to support and guide you to what you already know, even though you can't see it. But that's, I think that's how I would distinguish the two. Yeah, no, that's what I've in my few being coached that in earlier in the summer. Um, that's what I loved about it is just how it's more action oriented and mm -hmm. just building something that I always want to work on is building that trust with myself and my decision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I definitely recommend coaching if anyone <laughs> yeah. thinks about it. Um, but lastly, what is some of your advice for 20 somethings? It can like, it can be twofold, like professional and personal. Um, okay. So I think, I mean, it kind of has to go along with things we kind of already said with, um, just not allowing fear to get in the way of like, what you want to do and who you are. Mm -hmm. I think more than anything, um, fear is the number one thing that stops us. So um, ways to, to know that you're in a state of fear is, you know, having anxiety or um, all these racing thoughts in your mind and like the what ifs and, you know, these doubts that when you notice those type of feelings coming in, know and remind yourself that that is not your true or your higher self talking to you, your most authentic self talking to you. That is the scared little child that you once were talking because the inner child that um, most people have or everyone does have tends to come out when it doesn't know what to expect mm -hmm. or your ego. Um, it will try to create scenarios for you to not do something that it doesn't know. And when you're feeling all that chaos um, don't listen to it. I know as much as you want to listen to it and lean into that because it's like, okay, yeah, maybe this is telling me something. It's like, no, no, like, come anytime you make decisions in your life, do not make the decisions based off of fear, base it, yeah, based off of fear, but instead of a place of peace and certainty. Mm -hmm. And um, when you have that peace and certainty, that's you really just being at a place where you're stable and you're able to like actually 
get a, a huge like perception on your situation. Right. And, you know, with that, you can make the best decision for yourself. So if you're making decisions out of fear, it's not going to be um, what's really aligned for you. Mm-hmm. Instead, always try to make your decisions like really big decisions based off of um, peace and certainty and things like that. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you so much for coming on. This is amazing. I'm just like, wow, I needed a notepad. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Um, But everyone, wait, where can we find you? Instagram and everything. Yeah, you can find me on my Instagram, um, which is at Natalie Ruiz. That's N-A-T-A. L-H-I-E-R-U-I-Z. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm working on my website, but any updates and things like that will always be on my Instagram, but that's where you'll be able to find me. Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much again. And I hope this helps you with today, tonight, or tomorrow, homies. Bye. Yes, thank you.